welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. Day two, we're going to be talking about pre-arrangements and some different considerations, planning. We'll talk about death certificates. We're going to talk about military benefits, and that would be for anybody that served in the uniformed forces of the United States, and then we'll have some Q&A. So let's jump right into pre-arrangements, planning, and consideration. So one of my first questions when I'm talking to people is, are you planning on staying local? And sometimes you don't know. I mean, a lot of times, well, yeah, I really want to stay right here, but we none of us know what life is going to give us. And so if you're planning on staying local, then I generally tell people that what we can do is we can set up a prearrangement. We can either fund it or not fund it. And I also tell people that when we do fund it, what we do with those money is the money actually goes into a third-party trust. And the reason for that, well, number one, is, is the law, because that protects the consumer and makes sure that if for some reason the funeral home goes under, then the money is protected and then it can go to another funeral home if you happen to move, that money is, is portable, so it can go wherever you're going. I always tell people, though, that I can't guarantee what the other funeral home may charge. So when I do a prearrangement here locally, when we go through, we fill out everything that's on my side, all of my services, that kind of stuff, that becomes guaranteed and the price does not go up. They stay, so like if it's 10 years from now, there's no charge from me. The things that I can't guarantee are going to be things like, if you're gonna be going out to sea, I can't guarantee what that captain, that boat is gonna charge 10 years from now. So there's, you can put money towards it and it can be sitting in that account for those things. I can't guarantee the price of a death certificate. A number of years ago, it was $7 for a certified death certificate. Today, it's 25. The state filing fee is 30. It used to be seven. So those things I cannot guarantee. Now, the other reason I ask about staying local or moving is there are national companies that have funeral homes all across the United States as well as there's national cremation societies, okay? And I tell people there is a place for that. It's going to be less expensive with me because I don't have a, a large national overhead and I don't have shareholders I got to pay. But if you don't know, and if you are going to, if maybe you're thinking about traveling to Florida or wherever, those national funeral homes there's, or those national cremation societies 
have a place because you're guaranteed, no matter where you are, that you will be taken care of. And so every now and then we have some groups coming into Pig and Pancake and other places and they do a, a luncheon presentation and they talk about cremations and that kind of stuff. You know, there is a place for that. I always tell people, please shop around. Each individual situation is different and that's why there's all these different you know, choices that you can make. That's one thing. And I talked about guaranteed pricing. You know, the guarantee, again, everything on my side is guaranteed. If you are going to be shopping around and if you go somewhere else or if you happen to move somewhere and you choose another funeral home, then please just ask them when you're making your prearrangement, is it guaranteed or not? Because there are places that will not guarantee. That's how they operate. So just check so that you know what you're buying. You can pay everything up in full and there are different prices for different things. And so once you have a price that you know, you can either pay it in full. And again, I put it in a third party trust. You can also make payments and we can, that would be set up. I also was just visiting with someone too. And there are life insurance policies that you can talk to different people about that are end of life policies that are specifically tailored for that. And I tell people, again, I don't know your situation. You can make payments and each life insurance policy is just a little bit different, but after maybe one or two years, then it's guaranteed. And so if you're making five years worth of payments and you die in year three, then it's paid in full. That is an option. And those are things to consider and to think about. If you're planning on doing a burial, I always tell this to people, please don't forget that there are cemetery costs. And I get people in here that come into the funeral home and as they're talking to me, and I start talking about, okay, what cemetery are we going to? Okay, have they purchased the plot? I don't know. So then they go to find out, and they find out a lot of times that their wishes were to go to this particular cemetery but nothing had been paid or nothing had been purchased or they were still in the process of paying. And the other thing that people forget about again is when you're being buried, there are other costs associated. So there's going to be the open and close of the grave. And people don't know that when you buy a plot, you also have to prepay or pay at the time to open and close the grave. And then there's a, maybe that grave liner we talked about. And then there's gonna be you know, uh, a marker of some sort or a headstone. So those are the other costs. As you're starting to do your pre-planning and you're looking at it, don't forget the cemetery side. And so call that cemetery and ask them those prices so that you can get all of that together into one cost so that you know what you're doing. The other thing is, is what happens if I die while I'm traveling? And again, I asked who knew Gene Bateman. Well, he was on vacation. They were over in Arizona when he passed away. And none of us know when our time is going to be. You know, we just don't know. So there are things that you can do to protect while you're traveling. And there are different companies that are available. We use one particular company and they set it up to where for 
I don't want to get into prices, but for a set price for cremation or a set price for burial, no matter where you are, they will take care of it and get you back. I was dealing with somebody that died in London on vacation in London. I'll tell you, that was an interesting phone call. And I was calling at 2 or 3 in the morning so that I could get them over there while they were still working. So that was a very interesting situation, trying to get that person back from London. I've had people in Hawaii. I've had people all over. And if they have that travel protection, that's something that can bring them back. And it's, it's very inexpensive for a big cost sometimes. Not trying to sell it. I'm just saying make sure that you think about those things when you're putting together your package. We're going to talk just briefly. So there's a family assistance checklist. And... I love this because on this piece of paper, there's lots of good information. And in this piece of paper, you can go through. And when I'm meeting with a family, we go through this checklist and then I hand it to them and they can take that with them. So when they do get certified death certificates, they have, they know where they're supposed to go in Oregon. There are what's called long form death certificates and short form death certificates. And that's particular to Oregon. And if you've been in another state, you, you may not know that. In Oregon, there's long form and there's short form death certificates. And the reason for it, the long form death certificate has medical information on it. And it will say what the cause of death was. And it's going to be pretty specific in there. And it's going to have medical information. It's going to say how long they had that, that condition. And then there'll be a signature at the bottom by the doctor. The reason for that information is life insurance companies. And they are really the only person that really cares about having that information. Everyone else, because of privacy laws, doesn't need to know the cause of death. Your bank doesn't need to know why Bob passed away. And it'll only get the gossip chain going. So... Life insurance companies are the only ones that want it. Now, when you go through this checklist, if you're in more than one bank, each bank will most likely need that certified death certificate. A lot of times, banks nowadays will just ask to see a certified copy. They'll scan it, and then they'll hand it back. That's one of the places where they may or may not need that death certificate. If you need to probate a will, those lawyers, no, just teasing, they will probably need a certified copy of the death certificate. Social Security, we actually notify Social Security. So as we're going through the process, the funeral home notifies Social Security. The only time you would need one is if you have to physically go meet with, the, with Social Security. They will make a copy of a certified copy and hand it back. You know, they're part of the government, essentially, and they can't require you to buy one and then hand one to them. So if you're transferring the title of a home, land, you know, two homes, three homes, the title company will need a certified copy. Now they might scan it and hand it back to you, okay? but they will need copies. When you're transferring a title of a car, you know, your airplane, your yacht, they, the DMV 
will need to see a certified copy. Again, they're part of the government. They'll scan it and they'll hand it back to you. So you don't have to buy one for $25 and hand it to them. A few other things like if you're if PERS, 401ks, do you guys have to see it or do you scan it and hand it back nowadays? A copy or scan, yes. Okay, so they're not gonna, most places today, believe it or not, we're actually finally getting to almost that paperless society that we talked about in the 80s. We're actually starting to get there. They will make a copy and hand it back to you. If you have to close, you know, uh, credit cards, most places now are just asking you to scan it and send it to them or to fax it. They don't need to actually keep a certified copy of a death certificate. I remember a gentleman coming in one time back when the death certificates cost about 10 bucks a piece. And he came in and his wife had a subscription to Reader's Digest. <laughs> and they needed a certified copy in order to close that because, and he was just like, I'm going to die in the next couple of years. I'm, I'm just going to put them on the back of the toilet, just like she did. And it was cheaper for him just to let it run out than it was for him to send him a certified copy. But nowadays, they're not asking as much for that. Federal and state taxes used to be that you had to send a certified death certificate, but again, they're the government. Nowadays, if you, especially if you're having a CPA or somebody do the taxes, I know that they have like a notarized form that, you, that they just signed that he's passed away and then include a copy, but you don't need it anymore. Uh, and that's something that it used to be. But it's, so the days of saying I need to have at least 12, you know, honestly, unless there's a really involved estate, uh, most people are getting by with five, maybe six just because there's so many places now that will take a scanned copy. You know, if you put something, I, I had people that put an obituary in the paper and everybody was using that because the newspaper actually checks with us that they passed. So that way they don't have like a boyfriend and a girlfriend fighting and the boyfriend puts them that the girlfriend died, and, which has happened. And then they check with us. Yes, you are the, the person that's taking care of the trust, that type of thing, just hang on to one. because. You know, I, I've had people call the funeral home asking for a death certificate because 10 years later they, they, they found some monies and they needed to prove that that person had passed, especially like insurance, that type of thing. I'll have a family member call in and say, my loved one has passed away, just build a military. <laughs> the VA said they'll cover everything. So my response has been 99% you know, the VA is not paying for everything. There is a 1%, and if a person was became disabled while in the service, that type of thing, there are some funds that are available. And if somebody has become completely, you know, disabled, then yes, you know, the VA does pay. If they were on active duty, and we've had a few people on active duty pass away, yes, the military covers everything for that and more. But the majority of the people will get the following things here, and that's what we'll chat about. The first one taps a flag, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the gun salute. Every veteran that has served honorably is entitled to have taps played and have 
the, a flag presented to the next of kin. Everyone. And I'm a veteran myself, and I'm really passionate about making sure that everybody understands this because I have a lot of people that say, well, we're not having a service. We're just doing a cremation, and then we're going to scatter. We might have a little private gathering. And I grab that private gathering. Where? Because I can have a military contingent from that branch of service go to a family gathering. I've had people go to parks. I've had people go over here to the Fisherman's Memorial. I've had people down on the beach. You know, the military will go wherever you want them to be. And I, in fact, I have one coming up in a month or so that they're going to do it on the one-year anniversary of this person passing, and they're going to just have the wife and a few daughters and a couple, you know, friends in a backyard of a house. And the military will go there. They will play taps, and they will present a flag. Now, they're not going to shoot the guns in the backyard, <laughs> okay? And whenever we have them up here at Bateman or at the at Eureka Cemetery, we always have to notify the school and everybody else because you don't want to have, you know, guns going off. I mentioned gun salute because I've had a lot of people tell me, well, you know, Dad was a World War II veteran, and I, and I want to make sure he gets a 21-gun salute. That's not going to happen. <laughs> now, if you are at a military national cemetery, if they have some people there, they will play taps. They will fire three volleys with three M1s, and so they'll do three volleys, so you'll get nine shots. And then they'll play taps, and then they'll present them, they'll hold and present the flag. And that's at the national cemeteries. Uh, very rare do we get people here shooting guns. And for that to happen, you need to be a retired veteran. Then they will come, and they can, if they have people available, they will fire their rifles around town. They need to be, like, retired. Or if they had, like, a Silver Star those types of things, then that person may be eligible to have a gun, you know, the guns firing and have a gun salute. So that's, that's what you get. If you go, you can have a grave and you can have a marker or a niche. So I always tell people that the veteran paid for the services from the gate in. So with that person's service, they paid for everything from the gate into the cemetery. So what they didn't get paid for is getting to the gate. So what that means is if you get buried in a national cemetery, the military pays for a niche or they pay for ground. And then they also pay for the niche to be marked or they pay for a marker on the grave space. The spouse can also go with the veteran to that grave space, okay? If that veteran has been remarried, like let's say the spouse passed away first, the spouse can actually precede that person to the cemetery, and if the spouse gets remarried, the veteran gets remarried, then that second spouse can go there, or the third spouse, okay? It gets a little tricky. If, if It gets a little crowded, too. 
And sometimes the spouse says, I don't want to go there with that person. Yeah. <laughs> but she's over here, that's me. <laughs> but if, you know, I, I also tell people if they, if they're thinking about when they go to visit their loved one, how do they view it happening? So if you were to go and you wanted to place flowers at your loved one's space, I tell people at the national cemeteries, if you go to the ground and, and you're in an urn or you're a full burial, you can be placed in the ground. And if you picture yourself putting flowers there, visiting or leaving something at a grave, then that's what you're going to want. If you're okay with going into a niche, they don't have in the military on the walls, they do not have a place to put individual vases and flowers on a wall. You place them at the base. And so if you're okay with that and you are being cremated, then the wall is the place to go. But again, uh, I've had people go, no, no, I want to be able to place the flowers right on the grave. You can be cremated and you can still be placed in the ground at a national cemetery. That is an option. Yes, Do you I, have national cemeteries around here? So in Oregon, we have one up at Willamette in the Portland area. We have one down in Roseburg. And we have one down at Eagle Point, down by Medford. So there's three that I'm aware of that I work with. And so, yes. And that, one more thing. If uh, a married couple, if you're both veterans of your own right, then this applies to both people. Okay? So that means you in your own right would be able to be placed, and you can go even side by side. They can now reserve spots where they couldn't do that before. Any more questions on that before I move on? Apply for the flag, we can apply for a marker. I, I also need to mention, if a veteran is placed in a private cemetery, you can actually have a marker, a veteran marker, placed in that private cemetery. There is a cost to install it because the cemetery, in, in the veterans, like in a national cemetery, they do it, that's part of the cost. But if it goes to a private cemetery, check with that cemetery to see what their costs are to do the installation. What do you need? If you want to apply for these benefits, a DD-214 is the official name. Some people that may have served a long time ago won't have a DD-214. They will have a discharge, you know, a discharge form. An honorable discharge certificate. You actually can have a general discharge and also be available to go to a national cemetery. You cannot have a dishonorable discharge. If they served in the National Guard is going to be, and they never did go on active duty, it's going to be called an a NGB-22. And that's just a separation from the National Guard. The question comes in, okay, can a National Guardsman that's never been on active duty go to a cemetery? The answer is maybe, okay? That's if they retired from the National Guard or the reserves, so they did the 20 years and they can actually be placed in there. Also, depending on the time of year, because there were some times prior to, I believe it was 80, 75, somewhere right in there, when Vietnam was raging, if you served, depending on how you served during that time and when, 
they can be eligible to go there. Okay. Questions on any of this before I turn it over to our next guest speaker? Uh, <laughs> and I didn't pay her for this question. Well, no. you may not like this question. <laughs> um, a sibling who's or semi-estranged, blah, sure. blah, blah, and who's going to pay to bring him back and into state and take care of it and... If the family doesn't want you. <laughs> <laughs> so the question, the question is, is if you, if you don't really have anybody, but you may have an estranged sibling. Yeah, I mean, and he dies. Who's going to oh. pay for him? Oh, you're a estranged sibling. <laughs> okay. So if you have an estranged family member that uh, passes away, I guess maybe the question is, is am I responsible? So the answer to that is you will be asked and you can say no. As we go through that checklist, if, as, as the funeral home's going through and we get this on a fairly regular basis as you're going through that checklist and you're looking for family members that would be willing to step up and take care, you're not required to. It'd be nice to do. In Oregon, we have what's called an indigent fund. And that indigent fund takes care of a person that has passed away that is not, that has been um, uh, refused. I mean, it, it, so if there's nobody willing to step up, the state of Oregon provides barely enough money to get the person cremated. And then we have to figure out what to do with those cremated remains. So I've had it where somebody said, no, we don't want to pay. And then after they're cremated, okay, we'll take them. Yeah. Well, because uh, he's no longer a problem. Yeah, right. But that is not how it works. And so there is some cost to be able to get that person because what essentially has happened is the state of Oregon has stepped in and they have the right to decide where and what we do with those cremated remains. Occasionally is a is a body donated to the medical school so so if we have an indigent person i don't do that but they certainly can if they're going to be accepted because there's a lot of times people think that there's going to be they sign up to be able to be donated right. to science and when the day comes they don't qualify because there are some things that need to be you know for them to be able to use the body so thank you yes Yes. Um, there are mechanisms in place for family members to also get reimbursed. So if the person passes away and they do have an estate, but maybe nobody has access to that until something like a probate is open, there is usually a way for a family member to pay for the funeral and burial expenses and get reimbursed once a probate has been open. So that's also another yes. Somebody just has social security. Well, yeah. that may be. All right, thank you very much.